0: What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a wonderful evening so far. We are back with Bill on Hope. We're talking Andor episode four today. As we just talked, you know, Star Wars math. It's our it's our fourth episode of Andor, but our second episode of this show. So uh, lots uh, lots to get to, even though uh, it's just the one episode to cover today. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me, as always, Mr. Baba Yaga, John Fick. John, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Happy to talk Star Wars as always.
0: Happy to talk Star Wars. Amen to that. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We are live at twitch.tv slash thegeekiverse. Also, simultaneously for the first time at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. If you get in the chat, uh, we'd love to... To have that conversation with you. So again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you happen to miss this, uh, you're watching or listening back. Uh, all of our videos are YouTube.com/slash the Geekiverse and listen on podcast services wherever you download podcasts on podcast services around the globe. How many times can I say podcast in ten seconds? As many as five. you want.
1: It's your show, Josiah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say it a few more times then. So, um, Andor episode four. Um, I want to read <laughs> something from our buddy Marissa here. This is a perfect way to describe this. She said it's like they're layering a cake.
1: Oh, okay. I like, I like a good cake.
0: Uh, yes, yes, and I, I think that's the most perfect way to describe this so far. This is a slow roll. It's a build up, and this episode I like. I think it was the best one so far. At least it was my favorite in terms of what we saw, who we saw and what was actually happening. So, John, give me your reaction on this episode. What did you think of it?
1: Interesting. Yeah, I like the cake analogy. I like the layers. Um I would say it's my least favorite episode so far. But that's not that, you know, that's not too much of a detriment. I think uh, I think the show's still good. I'm having fun with it. Um we know this is 12 episodes, so what I'm seeing right now is the show might be kind of like four parts. Uh, we got we got parts. Uh, we, we got the the first part. We got two build up episodes in episode one, and then a decent climax in episode three. Episode three is my favorite so far, right? So like episode one and two were build ups to the climax in episode three, and I think that kind of settled itself. And we have a new build up. We've got a new objective, and we're we're being reintroduced to 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 the stakes, right? Like this is another setup episode, just like episode one and two were to the ult- uh, penultimate episode three, right? Um, so I think I think we got more setup here, but. Uh, there there's i think there's also some more fun stuff here like we've got the introduction of Mon Mothma we're seeing you know we're seeing roots we're seeing uh stuff that we know was going to play out in the future um but ultimately i thought it was a bit of a setup episode it was introducing you know cassie into this team and you know you know seeing what that relationship is like with luther and i forget the the leader of this group uh, the 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 girl's name but yep. you know seeing that relationship with her and luther and the her and her team and the way she's got to you know uh, pass along that information everything everything like that um i had plenty of fun with it i i, I continue to love this show i think it's a a, a a good step in a different direction for star wars it's a very isolated story um i know that last week we chatted about like let's not get hyped about what could what could be you know like what you know what what, what cameos can happen this is the show that doesn't have cameos but man are we gonna see Thrawn? like I'm starting to think dude, I'm starting to think about it. We're seeing we're seeing all of this middle management. We're seeing all of these nobodies in the Imperial, whatever. We're seeing these like these paper pushers. There's people that are like, I don't care. What you're not here to save the galaxy. You're here to give me your reports on time. That's those are those are the Imperial officers those are the ones we're seeing right now. There there's somebody else. There's somebody else behind all of this. And I just think that maybe Maybe we might see Thrawn in this series. And I know I'm getting my hopes up, but I'm I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it. Dude, stop it. I'm not I, stopping. I'm not stopping.
0: I'm only telling you to stop it so that I stop. Don't so stop. Th- I, I think it makes sense, right? Because they've been teasing Thrawn. Uh, they teased it in the middle of season two of Mandalorian when Ahsoka is asking where he is. We know that's going to be a thing down the line. We believe that's going to be the storyline for the Ahsoka we, series. We got the casting for Ezra, but not for Thrawn. Pretty good yeah, reason. No, like, Pretty good reason. I I I think you've got a lot of really strong points here because, you know, that I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But I I, I do I do do think there's a lot of valid points going on there. And Marissa, you made it into the chat. Good job. You figured it out. So Vel, it's funny that you. So Vel is the leader. That's the girl we were talking about. Um, Got it. And I, it's funny that I forget it because when I heard that, I was like, wait. We just introduced Vale a few years ago in, in Solo, a Star Wars story. Come on! We're only changing one letter here? This is ridiculous. I couldn't even
1: tell you there's a Vale. I don't know. There, there's too many characters. <laughs> there's
0: too many characters nowadays.
1: I don't they even all going to die anyways. We know that. <laughs> Aren't we all, John? Aren't we all?
0: Uh, so, what I really liked about this episode, it's funny, you described these almost like Star Wars trilogies, right? They're, they're, <laughs> there's a build-up, we got the climax, and then we see how it goes. But... I think one underlying thing that was really established well, even more so than the, the first three we got, or any other Star Wars property to date, is how, how strong the Empire really is. Even in the original trilogy, uh, you know, there's these insurmountable odds, and, and they're going to blow up the Death Star. They do all these things. Rogue One, there's this horrible dread and urgency. Look at some of the conversations that go on in this episode. They it, they can't talk about it. They can't even know that certain people are involved. You've got all these factions of rebels, right? There's no rebel alliance just yet, officially. And you've got uh, Cassian mentions four of them. He says the uh, the alliance and then three others that I forgot. But one of them is is who saw Guerrera is is the head of, and they've they've got all of them. They're kind of disjointed. They end up fighting each other. Cassian says at one point. Anyway, I'm going down uh, just a, a different path there. But I I think about. Maybe my favorite character in this episode, it's Mon Mothma, who's Genevieve O'Reilly. Love, by the way, that she's back again. You know She got so to do good. this character in, in Rogue One in 2016. She had a brief moment in Revenge of the Sith in 2005. She's really doing this character justice. But this is her time to shine. She's finally getting that real screen time. And she talks about with Luthen how she's really got this vulnerability and she's got the most to lose, right? She's in the Imperial Senate. If they catch wind of any of this, She's executed essentially, not not in front of everyone, but the empire. They they do this behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, she goes They've got away. their
0: enforcers all she over. She goes away. Real she quick. goes away. She disappears. She knows that. I love when she's in that taxi ride away from Luthen's shop. That just that that stress on her face knowing that this could all go wrong right and that there's she says it in his shop i love that conversation there's new spies every day ever they can't move money around she goes to the bank and there's new faces every day she She has has a a new new driver
1: driver. yeah right
0: perfect what do we care about that right when luthan says um i got i forget the name of the the girl he's with yeah but he says to her she's, she's got a new driver and I was like, okay, whatever. W- what do I care? But then afterwards, we realized why that's a big deal. Big Brother So the is Empire was just... Yes! Yep. And I thought, seriously, to wrap that up, that this episode did it better than anything in Star Wars I've seen so far where I felt like on pins and needles on the edge. And I think it'll continue to get more like that as we move on in this series. But sure. I was on edge the entire time thinking, oh my gosh, Like we're only seeing the Empire, and essentially paperwork is being done, right? Like, these these awful boardroom meetings. We're not even thinking about people like Thrawn or Tarkin or freaking right. Lord Vader. Like, oh my gosh, you know?
1: For sure. It's crazy. Yeah, they're, they're doing such a great job at, like, showing us how insurmountable of a task this was for the for the rebellion to succeed like they're 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 talking about how the 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 rebel the the original rebel alliance there's like four you said what there's four different groups out there with the same agenda but they're not on the same page like it's all it's all guerrilla warfare like the fact that this eventually works is is insane and we've seen segments of that throughout star wars we've seen rogue one we've seen rebels we've seen we've seen different stories and comics and stuff like that i feel like this is disney and star wars's way to just like show us like okay yes all that was kind of just happening simultaneously like some of it connects a little bit but like this is where this this is the grassroots of the rebellion this is this is where we acknowledge all of that and kind of show you like wow this really shouldn't have happened
0: Uh, i couldn't agree more i it's funny we talk about also uh or we did last week on built Unhope that this was a show that didn't rest on prior star wars easter eggs and a lot of um I guess almost the thrill of cameos, right? But that—that's starting to already change a little bit for me, and I think it is for you, right? Because so you're talking will give me Thrawn. But we're so weak. We're, we're so weak. It's, like, it's talk about like the most powerful drug in pop culture. For me, it's Star Wars. Like, <laughs> I'm like, give me that Tarkin or give me that Thrawn. Um, oh, for sure. We got Coruscant. When I saw yes. that, I was like,
1: oh, yeah.
0: In, in my head, I'm like, it's been so long since I've seen anything, anything Coruscant. Like, get just over got myself, it, you know? On Kenobi,
1: right. Uh,
0: <laughs> we did it. we literally just got uh, it a few months
1: ago i had coruscant I spoiled lo- for me that. and i knew it was coming in this episode because one of my good one of my one of my great internet friends matt Rohrbeck, who got early access to, to the first four episodes of the show i watched his review and they were talking it was a spoiler free review but he had mentioned seeing coruscant i'm like oh it's not in the first three episodes because i specifically didn't watch his review until i watched the first three episodes and he mentions coruscant i'm like okay so we get coruscant <laughs> episode four i know that but it, luckily it wasn't a very big spoiler nothing not not too much goes down there you you, you you know, Mon Moth was involved in this show very heavily. So obviously, you know, though that, that, that was inevitable, but that yeah, was funny. I like uh, I like that
0: we're seeing Coruscant in the heyday of the Empire here. Like when it's on lockdown, so to speak, and they've got everything going on in and out uh, from the the meetings that we see to even just the traffic. Like it's a different time frame than a few decades ago when we saw it in the prequels. Uh, when the Jedi are there and it's the Republic, all of that stuff. Uh, it's, it's kind of the first time we're really seeing Coruscant, you know, minus uh, some of the stuff in the animation. Right. Under Imperial well. rule. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Our fi- first time live action, we should say. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, there were references throughout, like, right. They mentioned that there's extra equipment uh, going to Scarif. Yeah. Right. It's like, like, this, like it's like uh, it's like this big, like this big mystery bastard. what happens
1: on Scarif. Yeah, it's, it's it's really cool.
0: What what's going there? I feel like Scarif would be like <laughs> like when you work for a company and there's like a few states that you're in and Hawaii happens to be one of them. You're always hoping for that transfer. Like that would be Scarif, you know. Yeah,
1: for sure. Hey, hey beautiful place.
0: Uh, uh absolutely. I think that would be my place to visit in in Star Wars if I could go anywhere in that fictional universe. The uh, other one that caught my ear was Hosnian Prime. Yeah. Uh, so they're in, kind of in like the I don't even know the where, where you 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 catch your, your your next train train station for lack of a better term. I don't know what we're calling it, but uh, they mentioned Hosnian Prime, uh, which is the eventual capital of the New Republic when we get towards the sequel trilogy and it's the, the planet that gets destroyed in force awakens. So, you know, these little callbacks are happening they're, they're giving us the taste. They,
1: they know what they're doing, John. They do. You know, we do. They're planting the seeds they're fleshing it out.
0: If there was any doubt of us coming back for, you know, the next week, it's like, Hey guys, (laughs) what do we got here? Like it's, it's brutal. Um, one character. So we talked about a little bit pre-show was Deidre Miro. Yeah. Played by Denise Gao. I'm terrible with these names. Uh, Deidre is the female Imperial officer that is most prominent in this. She has blonde hair, the the white garb. Really liked her performance in that. Uh, this is a character I want to get to know
1: more about, and I think we will in the, in the I, coming weeks. I'm trying to figure out why we're going to get to know more about her, right? So, what, why is she focused? Is, is it because that she really has a different take on the, you know, is she, is she really going to shoot her way up to be an Imperial, or is she going to eventually turn rebel? Like, why? Why, Deidre, Right? Like, well, there, there's got to be a reason we're focusing on her. Either she's going to be a badass imperial officer and, and you know shoot right past all this bureaucracy that she's dealing with, or she's going to have a turn and we're going to get her, you know, to maybe help out with this this mission. So I'm curious to see why.
0: Well, I love the discussion when she wants. She's kind of battling with this other imperial officer about whose jurisdiction it is and and who gets to to take on this case because. Imperials are all... It's dog-eat-dog, dog, right? They're right. trying to always... They're tripping over each other to get to the top. With her, I feel like it's a little bit career, but also maybe equal, if not more. Like, hey, no, I'm noticing a trend here. There's a lot of stuff going on where it feels like these rebels are starting to organize, and they just dismiss it.
1: Right. She's seeing of rebellion. She's the one, right? Yeah. So I
0: wonder if she actually... That happens... And eventually it gets around to someone like Thrawn. And then those superiors that are in between them go by the wayside. Right. Um, I could see what you're seeing where she becomes a rebel. Or at least sympathetic, or maybe she's a, one of the the spies for them. As we're starting to see those seeds planted, I think there's a lot of directions to go. But I I really like this character. Yeah, it's
1: saying. interesting. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of reasons, for, possible reasons for her. You know, for the reason she's so inquisitive and pushing this agenda or whatever. But like to me, it's just they're painting her in a specific light, almost a positive light. Like we're supposed to kind of be on her side, and I wonder mm-hmm.
0: why. Yeah, I guess time will tell. Um. I love the whole sequence again to call it back with Mon Mothma in the the shop. And um I love I, I it's so funny when Luthen was putting the wig on, you could see him kind of try to get into character. And I thought that was really good acting because it was like getting into a character into a character. Right. And he played it so well in that shop. And I continue to always
1: find myself glued to the screen when when he's on screen, because his delivery is awesome. Right. Somebody else said this. I think it was Barrett Courtney of kind of funny, but it's like, wouldn't, wouldn't you use the wig for the, for the character you're going to be playing sometimes? Like that's his regular life. Like he, he is a shopkeeper. He's probably doing that like 80 to 90% of his time. Wouldn't you get the wig to be the, to, to be the rebel guy? You know, it's weird to put on a wig for something you're doing most of the time. So it st- stuck out to me when <laughs> I watched him like, wait, he's putting on a wig to go live his like normal life weird but funny whatever doesn't matter just that is funny something that stuck out to me well th- he just looks so good it, oh you so look great That's why uh, yeah. he does it. like you said when he's <laughs> when he's like practicing in the ship he gives a little flick he like gets into his little flair his a little, little smile yeah his, you know his his artistic shopkeeper flair i thought i thought that was awesome and the, the connection there like mon moth was having a conversation she's buying something for her husband to to connect that back to when she does go back and talk to her husband. I love that scene. That scene is so cool. That conversation there where he's like, "We've got these guests we've got to entertain, like, you know, we've got to do this and that." I told you about this and she's like, "Well, don't sit me next to them. These guys are these guys are, you know, they're terrible people. They're doing this and that. Like, I don't I don't want to be, you know, I know we have to, you know, be cordial, but like this is a little much." So I I just love that little even in her own household, there there's that tension between what the empire is doing and between, you know, the fight that she's fighting behind the scenes.
0: I, I totally agree with that. She name drops Sly Moore. I, and most Star Wars fans probably don't know who this is. I mean, you know, there's going to be some hardcores out there. Uh, she, so this character is seen in episode two and three, standing next to Palpatine in a few cases uh, in the Senate. I was like, Sly Moore, Sly Moore, Why can't I picture that? So if you guys just Google that, Slymortz, S-O-Y, last name M-O-O-R-E, just like it sounds. Uh, That is a recognizable character. Also been in some of the comics. But what a name drop that is. I'm sure we're going to see her in this. That's crazy because this person is so close to Palpatine in that inner circle. So what pressure that's going to be to... You know, think about her being almost in Mon Mothma's home. I I don't know that they're onto
1: her per se, but I think the Empire is suspicious to everyone. Yeah, we haven't gotten this yet. We haven't seen anything like you know live action. Even like I don't know, we really we really didn't get it in Rebels much either. Where it's like these these senators and these people that still support the cause, like what they go through and you know dealing with the Empire. How do they you know the, the the shroud that they have to put up to. Kind of get away with this and the sneaking around we've gotten a little bit of this in clone wars with the separatists like we, we we had a little bit of that people who were like secretly working for the separatists but we're still part of the the republic and stuff like that but to see it now you know when when the stakes are the freaking emperor and darth vader you know the stakes mm-hmm. are at all time high you're, you're you're talking you know no, no trial if, you, if you're caught on this you're just dead so it's, it's cool to see that those those politics shake out even just suspected of of
0: any of it, I I think it's outstanding the way they're they're laying this foundation for us. Um, when Mon Mothma was talking about finances and and that she maybe found someone, I maybe I missed something. Do we think she's talking about Bail Organa or hey, someone yes. else at this point?
1: Possibly. I I, so, did, I didn't pick up on that.
0: Uh, Bail Organa and her have kind of been friends for a long time. I mean, back to Episode Three, Star Wars Episode Three, uh Revenge of the Sith. One of the the deleted scenes was basically Mon Mothma, Bale, Organa, and also Padme basically saying they're talking about the seeds of the rebellion, not necessarily the rebellion, but that they think something they, that they're on the wrong side of things. And I think that's it, it, probably not who she's talking about. But I but I, but I it, wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see Bail
1: in the in the series, though. We just saw him in Obi Wan; like he's still you know. You know, obviously of age for the character and yeah. clearly willing to do it. Huge part of the Rebellion, obviously. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that character either. Obviously not a huge, like, you know, cameo we have to look out for every week. I just I just think that's a possibility. I think so,
0: too. Um, in terms of the Rebellion pocket that uh, Cassie is now a part of, I, I love the the idea of all of that and seeing the strategy and even them sitting around the fire and Cassian being like, "Can I finish my food?" Uh, and they're like, "Yeah, line, you're yeah. you're gonna know all of that before the morning." Um, I love the dynamic in that group and the suspicion. And uh, there was one character, Nemec, who was kind of sympathetic towards Cassian. I liked that angle. You like, there he, was
1: a little of everything going on. Yeah, he, he's very much an empath. Like he he knows what, he reads he reads emotions and knows what's going on. Like very very transparent about it. Um, this whole, this whole vibe, this whole group reminds me a lot of solo reminds me a lot of, uh, when, mm-hmm. when Han, you know, joined, joined that group, I forget all those character names, whatever. But when he, when he joined that group and he was kind of the outsider, it's like, do we trust this guy? What is he doing here? We've been working on this plan forever. Like we're going to bring somebody else in now, right? Like reminds me of that. I'm, I'm curious to see where everything ends up and who survives this and you know what they have to do with the, the, the future of the rebellion. I think in a short period of time, very short,
0: they, they've done a nice job of developing some of these characters that I care about. And sometimes they're just throwaways. I feel like some of those solo characters, like like we can't name some of them, which is not always a bad thing. But I didn't feel that connection to them. It was a one-off here. I'm like, I want to know more. I want to see right. where they go over the next few weeks. Maybe they get it to season two. Who knows? For sure. But for sure. I, they're, they're writing and developing very well right now. It's funny because like Tony Gilroy is is the writer behind this. Also, uh, was behind Rogue One. I feel like this is such a flip flop in a good way. Rogue One was like we have to make like seventeen things happen super quick and compact this into a, a movie. We have to introduce you to eight characters that you got to care about, and we got to take them all away. And the Death Star has to happen, and the Darth Vader scene. Right? There's so much going on. There are so many rewrites, reshoots. Here, it's like, hey. Go have at it. Take your time to slowly cook this thing over two seasons. Right? Like, to me, it's kind of been a beautiful thing. And I feel like it's such a pivot. Right, where it was so rushed in Rogue One and it worked, right? But here it's like, like Marissa
1: said, it's a cake, you know. It, it's a it's a pivot for pacing, but man, it feels like Rogue One. Like it feels like a very similar story. Like in terms of what looks we're like getting. It. yeah, it looks like it and it feels like it. The narrative is just like very much structured like it. Obviously, that might just be because this leads directly into Rogue One and we're very familiar with that. And Cassian Andor is a main character of both, so maybe that's part of it too. But um, it feels a lot like Rogue One.
0: My last question, John: Are you really uh, upset that we didn't see B two Emo?
1: I'm not. I'm not too upset. It <laughs> makes sense. B, it makes sense. You, you gotta. You gotta sell us on him early. You gotta make us miss them. and you gotta. You know, we're gonna get that payoff eventually. B two Emo is gonna save the day. He's gonna somehow be responsible for this team getting to Scarif and, and saving the entire uh, galaxy with the Death Star. I'm calling it now. B two Emo is uh, the savior of the galaxy.
0: B two Emo, I think needs to to clearly team up with uh K2SO.
1: It just makes sense, right, John? You know what? Maybe we just don't have them. <laughs> anyway, we got enough. We got enough of the droids actually. Good point. Good point. <laughs> oh, whatever, man. Whatever. Just kidding. I'm excited uh, to say K- uh, C- K2 eventually. I think that's a season 2 thing though cuz like obviously we know K2 has an established relationship with Andor, but we have a whole second season, so I'm sure that'll 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 be around.
0: And you know, obviously, we—if you've seen past Geekiverse content—I love K two, John, not so much. But I think we're both excited. You know, for maybe sure. I'm wrong, John. No, I'm excited to
1: see how the relationship becomes a thing. Yes, the, my K two, my K two stance is more that like I just don't care for K two as much as other people do, and certainly not as much as any other droid, especially like most of the cute droids. I've said this before, but like the more humanoid a droid gets, the less I kind of care about it.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, any, any wrapping thoughts uh, that you wanted to bring up that we didn't cover?
1: No, I'm just excited, man. This is, uh, this is great. Like having this on, on Wednesdays, <laughs> like this is appointment viewing. I'm waking up, I'm doing a, I'm doing a stationary bike ride every morning and I'm, and I'm just watching Andor nice. on my iPad. It's been, it's been, it's been awesome. Looking forward to it.
0: Good for you, Baba Yaga. you crushing it. Uh, yeah, it's fun to get back to this, uh, to, to get to those early morning uh, viewings. And also, it's nice too because we
1: get Wednesdays uh, Andor and then Thursday's She-Hulk. So it's it's been like it's Dude, one thing. She-Hulk has been so much fun. I know it's not the time or place, but I'm loving She-Hulk. It's funny because like I'm in a weird spot where I'm having so
0: much fun with it. I'm like I don't know if it's like. A good show but like even, who am i to,
1: right like it's it, yeah. a stupid thing to sure, say Sure. like is but, it consequen- consequential for the mcu i don't know but i don't care like i just love jen right. walters she's like the coolest character ever and i'm having so much fun with she hawk i think what speaks volumes to me
0: is that it's maybe the first marvel show and however many where i watch it the day it comes out yes and i feel and that a lot urgency. Of times I, Yeah, I I get behind or I get two episodes behind and then I catch up and I'm like, okay, but this like Moon Knight and and Miss Marvel, I kind of got, I just got to it when I did this. I'm like, no, Thursday night. I'm watching this before I go to sleep. That's how it goes. It's not Star Wars where I'm getting up early Wednesday, but this is a pretty close second. So Having a lot of fun with it. For sure. Um, I, I think like, maybe maybe next Marvel series we'll, we'll jump into something more consistent.
1: Maybe we do like, we're
0: having so much fun with, with Andor.
1: Maybe we do a recap series of She-Hulk and, you know, chat about that and maybe toss it on the rankings. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that makes sense.
0: Well, we're going to wrap up this episode of Built on Hope. We talked about Andor episode four. Again, thanks for tuning in at twitch.tv slash thegeekiverse or youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. Um... John is on social media at Disruptoid. You can find me at IamBrosiah. Chatting all things Star Wars Marvel and soon. Buffalo Sabres Hockey, baby. We are close to the season opener. So good stuff there. Uh, Stick around if you are into video games. We've got our weekly episode of Busy Sticks happening in just a few minutes time. We love beer. We love video games. We're going to talk about both. We've got a lot of good stuff there. And hey, if you love TV, this ties in beautifully. We've got the first sneak peek in the trailer that is The Last of Us uh, coming to HBO in 2023. So for John, I am Josiah. We'll catch you all soon. Thanks for catching us here on this episode of Built on Hope.
1: Go Sabres. Go Sabres. Go Sabres.